That's how we do the, that other one. Well, what's this then? Hey! And welcome! Hello and welcome to. What's the name of this podcast again? I hate your music. I hate your music. I'm Michael Scarston. I'm Sam Brown. And we're joined today by first time guest. You'll probably be back a couple million times. Well, we, we should introduce the podcast and then introduce the guest. That's how, that how we do that? That's how it works. I want to hear the chorus of the song. Speaking of hating your music, we decided to start the podcast. Yeah, that's the chorus there. Uh, we decided to start out the podcast with some ska. Less than Jake. And, and we're talking about we should do a ska episode. Maybe that's what we'll, at the end of the episode. I mean, I had album suggestion for you for next week. Sure. Uh, based off of what you selected for me this week, but right. we could also just put it on hold and do ska. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's a. Or we can put a pin in the ska thing and do that. We can do like a genre night where we just stay up all night listening to ska, ska punk. <laughs> that we just yeah. We... Is there a difference between ska and ska punk? Yeah, I mean, obviously. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Actually, ska. Uh, I mean, like, like not to step on the toes of the ska episode, but ska predates uh, reggae, and reggae is actually like derived from ska. Really. And so, first wave ska is like it basically sounds like reggae. It's like mm. a more upbeat reggae, I believe. But uh, yeah, it started in the '60s and. Um, yeah, uh, and then later in the '80s, around the the punk era, uh, Scott had a revival in England with bands like The Specials, uh, and like The Selectors and Madness. I, and- I saw a thing recently that on Vice Media that the skinhead movement came out of ska. Yeah. Or like and stuff like that. And there's a dude in England who's like, Yeah, I'm a skinhead, but it's not about racism. Yeah. It's about ska music. And he like dresses like a skinhead. He's like, I'm not a Nazi. And it's like, well, just drop it. Cause like, well, I mean, people but are going to think you're a Nazi. That's the thing is, is I believe what the, the, the whole thing was, was that there was the, the skinheads that listened to ska and then these other skinheads were like fuck those guys we're gonna mock them oh. and then uh kind of took over their identity and uh can i i, I will say the skinhead aesthetic yeah kind of cool, <laughs> kinda cool. <laughs> i guess Tight jeans Doc Martens. It is the clothes that you already wear. Yeah. The hairstyle you already yeah. sport. I, I'm not, I don't, I don't have a, I don't have a, I don't have a, I don't have a skin in my head. I mean, for people who are just figuring out who you are, just to paint a picture, uh, Michael Scarson, he uh, walks around in a, a flight jacket, usually he wears like Fred Perry shirts buttoned all the way up Doc with uh, what he calls braces. <laughs> They're suspenders. They're red suspenders. Uh, Ricey. <laughs> uh, very tight jeans. And uh, he shaves his head. And then uh, he has uh, what is like a, 
a, a Buddhist symbol, mm-hmm. but it's backwards. Right, uh, the old Hindu symbol. The old yes. Hindu symbol uh, backwards. Uh, called it's called a swastika. Right, exactly. uh, tattooed on his face. I'm also a part of several different organizations uh, that celebrate. <laughs> The culture of my ancestors. That's such yeah. a bad game, but they're really polite. Like, I'm just here to say what we think and what we stand behind this organization. Right. I just have pride. I just saw that movie, uh, Green Room, for the first time. I never that saw that movie's movie. fucking intense. Yeah. What's weird is there's that one guy who's like the nice skinhead who like way too late is like, guys... This is over my head. Yeah, like way too <laughs> way late. too late. He's like, I think I might be on the wrong side of this. <laughs> I think that after a lot has happened in terms of not spoiling this film, then this person has a change of heart is really crazy because you think, yeah. oh, these are all monsters letting the first event happen. <laughs> the first event. Yeah, that's Eli Roth did that. Yeah, that no. produced it. Oh, oh did he pre- produce it? it? Maybe it. he didn't direct it. The guy that did uh, Blue Rune. Directed oh, yeah. it. Blue Ruin, it, I like Green Room, and Blue Ruin. Blue Ruin. Yeah. Oh, I thought he just had a. He's like the Weezer of filmmakers. No, <laughs> if you really like, really just real brash in your face kind of oh no kind of movie. Green Room's great. It's yeah. Patrick Stewart. Is it's it? also a good depiction of like that like super indie band. Like I think that's like we haven't really seen a movie kind of stuff to like that like hey I'm in my I'm in my mid 20s uh I don't have a family or anything so why not go on tour even if I don't have any money and just like figure it out and uh and yeah I think yeah yeah that writer died from my music which is like yeah I know people like that and it's interesting to see that depicted in a movie that's not about that I think that is more interesting than a rise to fame. Like a band movie, they'd have to get famous. But like a band who's just a struggling punk band, who who actually doesn't get famous. Like it's yeah, not yeah. a movie about punk music. But like that's a fun story of like, oh yeah, it's it's a punk music. No one. What do you mean? You played five shows and you stopped. There's there's that super weird part where uh, a spoiler. There's a, a killer in in the, someone kills someone in the movie. And uh, this band's all freaked out. And the guy goes, what was your song second to last? (laughs) And they were like, they said the name of the song. He's like, yeah, I really dug that song. I killed her to that. It was like, whoa. (laughs) If I was that band, I'd be like, yeah, we're not playing that one anymore. <laughs> it was off the set list. No, Reggie, it's my song and it's good. <laughs> well, this is I hate your music. Yeah, this is an I hate your movies. That I hate is I hate your music. We'll do a movie. Well, after the Scott episode, we'll do a movies. Do soundtracks. I knew a guy once who uh, I got to college and I expect I, you know, was always like, hey, what music are you into? And expecting to like really bond over music. And then uh, I met a guy once who's like, oh, I'm not really into music. I'm like, don't you have CDs? He's like, yeah. He's like, what CDs do you have? He's like, had like 12 soundtracks. Yeah. <laughs> Not scores, soundtracks. Soundtracks, like yeah. like Weekend at Bernie's. Nice guy, but I just thought that was so weird. When I was young. It didn't make sense when to I me. Was, I'm still young. When I was a little a wee lad, um, the Garden State soundtrack, and we 
Oh yeah, we've, we've, we've gone on podcasts where we've oh, James Mercer t- talked about, but that whole album is was like, oh, this is the. Well, that movie is an advertisement for the soundtrack. Right, that's something you've said before. <laughs> the the character in the movie literally says, "This song is going to change your life," and then goes, "And it's available in stores now mm-hmm. on also, this soundtrack." Silent Velcro is real. Go buy it today. <laughs> That's the part I remember from that movie. Yeah. Everyone seems to forget it. That in guy that, gets famous that... for making silent Velcro. Which is like a ripoff of a Twin Peaks bit. Which is right. a ripoff of a Twin Peaks bit, Sam. No, our quiet runners. Quiet runners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not an homage, a ripoff. A freaking ripoff. And which is, that? that's actually what uh, one of the things we'll, we'll talk about today is uh, the line between homage and ripoff. Ooh. Well, so the, what we do on this show is Sam Brown and I. Uh, we're 10 years set. We're separated by 10 years. 10 whole years. It's a decade. He lived a whole life before 9 11 happened. Um, that's how we're yeah. going to talk about that. Um, this isn't really a 9 11 podcast. No. I saw it with, oh, yeah. with my own eyes. We, I do remember that. You are yeah. in New York City. Um, so we <laughs> <laughs> so you that said it like a cowboy from the uh, old El Paso commercial. Uh, but you also, New York City. You also brought up 9-11 and then had to do a segue away from it because right. you have nothing to say right. about it. Like, yeah. oh, so you were there. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of disasters, um, each week we trade albums. Last week we listened to my album, Brand New, and uh, Devil and God Are Raging Inside Me, and, and Neil Young on the Beach. So, and then and then we listen to those albums. We review them, our, the respectively, and then uh, say, we say to ourselves, "Hey, you liked this album? Maybe you'll like this other album." Uh, and this week, last week, I I listened to Brand New, and I and I heard hints. I heard hints of uh, Marilyn Manson's Mechanical Animals, and when uh, uh, Michael listened to uh, uh, On the Beach. I didn't hear hints so much as I just thought, oh, this guy kind of sounds like one of the guys from Dr. Dog, so here we okay. go. Okay. <laughs> uh, should we start start with Doctor Dog? Uh sure. We can start with Doctor Dog. We're joined today by Mister. Oh yeah! Now oh, we introduce. Now we introduce the, the guest. Yeah, we brought in Connor Hurley. He's listened to both the albums. I have. Uh, he's a comedian. Yeah. From Los Angeles. Yeah, and um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a I'm a little bit uh younger than both these folks, but in terms of my musical taste, I like a lot of these stuff that these guys listen to. Uh. I love Talking Heads. I love Modest Mouse. I love the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. I do like stuff. I'm not super familiar with industrial rock, like, at all. Like, <laughs> yeah, really, Nine Inch Nails, like, all that stuff really passed me by. And I'm not disinterested in it, but it's yeah. just, like, really, Octune Baby might be the most industrial album I've ever gotten into. And that's, like, embarrassing to admit. But I, I was surprised. Pleasantly surprised by this album, I really was. Oh, all right, we'll do Mechanical Animals. Yeah, let's all right, yeah, Mechanical yeah. Animals. All right, we're gonna start. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, it's funny that you say industrial. I I was really into Nine Inch Nails when yeah. I was young. Like, I think like the first band I was really into was Nirvana, and then Nine Inch Nails came by like it, it, it came through 
like a hurricane and knocked everything out else out around seventh grade i actually have a uh a yearbook picture that i will use to advertise this <laughs> podcast where or, or not a yearbook picture but the class picture that like classic like in the the auditorium with your class like all, all standing in like a kind of like pyramid kind of thing and i was i was dead center wearing the nin nine inch nails shirt Resner. because uh and i went to i saw nine inch nails when i was uh uh in seventh grade it was one of the first big concerts i went to it was nine inch nails and david bowie nine inch wow. nails open for david bowie <laughs> and i left during david bowie <laughs> no. i was like david bowie already played changes <laughs> that's the only song i know by him <laughs> Uh, yeah, but I loved Nine Inch Nails, and uh, I actually wasn't, like, as, like, when Marilyn Manson started coming out, I thought it was kind of, like, a more theatrical, nine, like, it was a cheesier version of Nine Inch Nails. Like, when when Marilyn Manson was getting big, Corn uh, was big, and, like, I thought, like, the kids that were in corn like like Marilyn Manson I'm more serious I like nine inch nails and then uh later on he came out with an album uh called Mechanical Animals which was a complete departure from his kind of goth roots and he went more glam rock with it and uh I thought that was super fun uh and it wasn't until college that I I went back and like I mean like three years after the album came out that I like actually like listened to it it was kind of like in the the wake of uh getting into like Kid A and uh Radiohead that I someone had who i respected told me like hey yeah this mechanical animals album is actually really good and i went back and listened to it and i was like oh this in that it reminded me a lot of the stuff that radiohead was doing at the time and uh i it was this different look at what Mar at, at marilyn manson as a musician and that's uh and there were some songs that brand new had that reminded me i think most specifically um uh, Coma White, I think, is the name the of the closer. Song? The closer on the album. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, what were you guys' thoughts? Um, well, I went into this thinking I'm gonna hate this because I'm not a big, and and it's it's a kind of a hit or miss album for me. Um, you know, my preconceived notions about Marilyn Manson are. Like, I think his aesthetic is kind of cool. I like black and white things. Um, but was all the Columbine stuff, not, and I know he didn't, like, he, <laughs> he didn't do Columbine. No, he didn't do Columbine, but like, you hated how he was it, in that documentary. What? Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Boy, for Columbine. He, he kind of, and his music, some of it kind of still has like a vibe of like early Eminem, where sometimes you're just like, are you just saying things because like it's the late. Or it's the 90s and you're trying to be like controversial and say the most fucked up thing and stuff like that but so i i think this album was pretty okay there's some great <laughs> tracks on here and there's a lot of filler stuff that just made me like roll my eyes i can agree that there is there is a lot of filler on this album but there are, I, for me there are some tracks that really elevate the album uh 
Yeah. I think, I, like, one of the biggest departures from what he w- was doing for me was I don't like the drugs, but the drugs like me, which is, like, just such a straight-up Bowie thing. Right. I wrote that. I wrote, Bowie! Wow! That song, I really dug. I guess... Yeah, I guess it's hard, hard to, for me. I, I, I was struggling with just the production of this album, and I came like flip flop back and forth. I was like, oh, I really don't like it. And then I really started to like it a lot. And I was like, okay, this is fun. And I started hearing a lot of the decisions. And with the drug song, I love those gospel singers at the end. Oh, I thought yeah. the album needed so awesome. a million times more yeah. of that. Like yeah. all this cool. I really was listening to this. is like, oh, this I don't know a lot of the industrial rocks. This sounds like Allison Change. It sounds like Nirvana. It sounds like Spoon. They're all doing that same voice, like the yeah. But <laughs> with this really cool, like they're not syncopated drum beats, but the drummer is so on time. It sounds like a New Order song. It sounds like New Order produced a Spoon album or like produced an Allison <laughs> Chains album, and it sounds really cool. Yeah, it was such a weird thing, especially like uh, what year was this? Ninety nine, two thousand. I think it was ninety six. Uh, I was one. Oh, yeah. crazy. Yeah. Uh, oh wait, no, it's ninety eight. Ninety eight. Yeah. Because you mentioned Radiohead earlier, and there was a track on here where I was like, "Oh, they're ripping off Radiohead's Kid A," but it came out before. Came before out before. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, I think the impressive thing is that uh, it 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 was this interesting thing of like when Marilyn Manson leans away from the goth kids and like leans into pop music we get this really amazing thing I completely agree all the pop tunes on this album I think are pretty great for the most part anytime even just like there's certain songs on here that have like a cool intro and are kind of weird and like David Bowie-esque or electronic-y and stuff like that and then the hook will be like this big chunky guitar song where he's like screaming into the microphone and i love like that drug song i love everything about it but the hook just makes me roll my eyes but the rest of the song is fucking awesome but the hook is just so like all right yeah oh yeah and i think that happens throughout this album but yeah i mean do you want to just go through track by track here let's uh um what what would be Let's let's give a listen to one of the tracks. Uh, uh, which would you like to to? I throw on? let's let's do mechanical animals. Yeah, the title track that I really is like really the title good. Track. And there's a moment at a minute and twenty that is my favorite moment on the album. Yeah, I like this song a lot. All right, this sorry. Let me. Yeah, like the crowd working. Yeah. I love that crap. I thought this is a great example of like that cool player mux thing. Yeah. That bass line's really cool, the slides that they're doing on it Yeah, no, I was like really, I flugged back, I was really impressed with the production of it. The one thing I thought, and this is weird to say, the drummer's very good, and they're a good rock and roll drummer, and like a good heavy, they're playing fucking loud. Oh, this part right here. Good to you, bad to you, they'll never be. 
This is definitely, I think, what, what like, brand new had echoes of is that kind of like, oh, we're gonna like just like cut out and like, like it's gonna be like a little different song for a second. I that I love that little moment there, and it happens throughout the song. What were you saying about the drummer, Connor? Sorry. No, I was interrupting you. I thought your favorite part of it. I'm being rude. Uh, no, I really like that part too. That Cobaini when he's singing yeah, like, yeah. Yo, get to me. I, I'm bouncing off his voice a lot. Like that's my, the biggest hurdle for me is going to be the Vox. Yeah. Just because I, I'm not super familiar. And I like I like Nirvana. I, again, I don't love his like It's really a big hurdle Marilyn for Manson's? me. Oh, Manson's, Kirb- like Cobain's, oh, all those. Oh, like Kurt Cobain. And that's a controversial wow. thing, I know. Did but, you just call him Cobain? I guess I'll call him Cobain. Yeah, I combined the two. Kurt Cobain? <laughs> Kurt Cobain. Kurt Cobain. <laughs> uh, the drums are like... He's still alive. Kurt Cobain. Kurt Cobain. But it's like, you know, it's that really loud drumming, and you can tell they're smashing the heck out of it. But I think <laughs> it's one of those things, and this is a crazy complaint, they're too on time. Like, I wish they fussed around with the percussion so much more this yeah. album, because it's so washed, it's so in the back. This guy's great at yeah. drumming, but the first three tracks, I thought were a drum track. That's how oh, good that guy I, is at drumming. I, I think, the yeah, the first track, which I think the guitar work is very what to talk about because i was listening for brand new in this it's like all this like meandering guitar and it's layered and stuff but the fucking drums are pushed so far back in the mix that you're like oh i want this to be a little chunkier a little more fun exactly that is exactly what i thought all right let me let me play the the uh coma white which is what directly there was a, a brand new song that made me directly think that like oh yeah this is like has a, a, a Marilyn Manson mechanical animals feel. I think it was Luca on the. Uh... Yeah. Yeah, this oh, sounds no, like a Radiohead song. Uh, yeah. The song was De Gauzer, I think, on the brand new album. Yeah. And I mean. It's one of those things where you can't get around the vote. The vocals are Marilyn Manson. It's just who he is. Yeah, like, it's and the vocal fry. <laughs> this is uh, uh, Kim Kardashian loves Marilyn Manson. It's on his. It's on his Wikipedia page. It's like he has five distinct styles: vocal fry, crooning, <laughs> screaming, and stuff like that. But like, vocal, yeah, I mean, it's all like this. Yeah. It's it really I I I really just I could not stop thinking about like oh this is just Alice in Chains with like a half of Brian Eno involved it like sounds like Berlin trilogy like especially low there's a song called that is so much like Speed of Life off low called Speed of they even make fun of it it's called like Speed of Death wait really oh Speed of Pain Speed of Pain Speed of Pain yeah and maybe it's just the titles that made me cut loose but I was like oh just like this. This already. What's this? This is Speed of Pain. Oh. Oh. I thought this one was cool. But like that good, like that super acoustic guitar over the... Yeah. That's, I mean, he's still making a Marilyn Manson album, so there is like that Marilyn Manson in between this stuff that's like, it's like, that elevates what he's doing. And I think... The standout. 
But this to me sounds so much like a, like a like a later like a middle Bowie song. Like if he's yeah. singing this like in his register, like oh it's beautiful. Like, yeah. What was it? I heard something interesting. Uh, what was it about Bowie? Oh, uh, it was Heroes. This is uh, something I overheard from a radio show. That was like a podcast that Moby was doing. Uh, but it was Heroes was Bowie trying to rip off, uh, I think, Heroin, the Velvet Underground song. Ah, that's really funny. Uh, it, it, maybe it was Waiting for My Man, but like there was a specific Velvet Underground song that if you listen to it, it's like straight up this other song. I love this. Uh, this is what I thought the album needed a million times yeah. more of. It's like the way cooler production. I wish they had a Niles Godridge or like someone like a Brian Eno to push a little bit farther. Because I thought when they stretched to this, this is when the album started yeah. to get good for me. Let, yeah. Let's turn it, it up reaches. and listen for a bit. There's this weird, I don't know if it's a vocal sample that they're like twitching out or an organ or something in the I background think, that's. I think it's. it's the, and they're doing the sweet emotion thing with the, the Peter Frampton voice where. Yeah. Oh. Oh, it's just a vocal. But I like that the ooze in the background. Yeah, uh, money well spent in getting the the background singers into the studio. <laughs> I yeah, that's truly. I didn't hear them till track three, and I heard one uh, vocal. I was like, oh, he should have a million background singers. Yeah, why yeah. isn't this person surrounding himself? With the, background the, singers? Be- like, the best moments on this album are all the, like I think it's wholly overproduced for a lot. Like everything sounds really nice, especially the drums. But the best moments I think are like the cool little. I forget. I think it's Nigel Godrick from Radiohead calls it glitter, where it's just like little moments that are like, oh, cool. like they add like a squeak or a squawk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and bleeps and bloops. The bleeps and bloops that are really fucking cool. Uh, let me put on. Uh, now this is like the most Bowie we get on the album. The, I don't like the drugs, but the drugs like me. Yeah. This is, and and he's very much like like was open when this album came out about this being a glam rock album and about like like going that direction with things and being influenced by things like Bowie. And uh, the the aesthetic of the album was different to the point where look at the album cover. It's it's not your Marilyn Manson with contacts in I mean maybe it has contacts in, but like that like it's not hot topic Marilyn Manson. He is on the cover in a weird like pale bodysuit where boobies. he has like boobs but they're nippleless and he has uh, no genitalia and uh, his hair's dyed red and it's it's definitely not like a stereotypical goth look and it's like uh, sexy androgynous alien. Yeah, and it's like a, someone else we know. Hmm, that's funny. me with my big <laughs> uh, Buddhist. <laughs> this is. I don't like the drugs, but the drugs like me. 
This is straight up fame. Yeah. Very yeah. good, so. Oh, a wah pedal on here is super cool. That was a cool uh, keyboard. Little flare. Slitter. Yeah, I don't mind the vocal fry on this track. No, because this no. is more like a, I'm sexy, let me show you. <laughs> and I mean, I think the thing, I like the chorus. I like I like this part. I mean, I do think it, it is a little bit like he has to do this so people aren't like, oh, I hate Marilyn Manson now. Oh, like too much of a, okay. Going too far away. Going from the too bass. far away from the that. bass, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's like I wish they had a song like a station to station song that started off like this and then like the twist would be a major key. Because I want to hear this guy sing at a major key. Like, even if it's like, it's too late to be grateful. But, like, whatever yeah. that, I want that twist because I feel like that's what I wanted from this album. One, like, pastiche song. Like, one, like, yeah. oh, way more glam rocky. And I know this song is kind of like that, but I think I wanted a little bit more of having fun. And that was just weird. I mean, this is David Bowie. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. I, I, to the point on the chorus, like, I just, he's categorized as this heavy metal artist, and this is literally the only album by Marilyn Manson, but, like, this doesn't feel like a metal album. No, yeah. The chorus feels like, like a, but, or hair metal, I don't know, Motley Crue, Def Leppard kind of, like, stadium jam, and I'm pumping my fists right now. Like... Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's like he has to like back up this fun pop chorus with some power chords, really. It, if you look at the iTunes, which doesn't fucking mean anything, half the tracks in, on this album are categorized as pop huh. instead of rock. Let's go into one of the rock tunes just so I can talk about how much I don't like it. Okay, um, all right. <laughs> oh, the title oh, of the podcast. Of uh, rock is dead. Oh, oh yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't enjoy this. Yeah, one as let's much. throw this one on. And th this is like this song killed rock. This, <laughs> this is so in, like yeah. indicative of '90s rock and roll, where everything's like "fuck you" in your face. Like, not a lot of subtlety going on in this one. And it's, and I feel the same way about Rage Against the Machine. Sometimes listening to Rage Against the Machine in oh, 2019, yeah. where I'm like, come on, guys, let's just like. A little bit of parody. A little bit of pastiche. Yeah, you have come to be on. Illusions, similes. Let's, we got to fight the system. Cool. I get it. Um, but I understand. I mean, and back to Eminem, it is very much the same way where you're like listening to early Eminem now, some great tracks. Also, some tracks were just like, just shut, <laughs> shut up, dude. Like, you're. No, I, I will usually never love a song if it's either. It's called Rock and Roll is Dead. I think it's that's not. Oh, this was one of the singles. Because uh, it's like, this is like one of the, I think this is in Matrix or something. Oh, that doesn't surprise me either. So this is our chords going. Mm. Yeah, it, this is just reminds me of music my, my friend's older brothers would listen to. Okay, here is, sorry, there's some technical difficulties. Sorry if our conversation sounds weird. 
But uh, here is Rock is Dead. I mean, again, uh, this is definitely more playing to his bass kind of thing, but like for Marilyn Manson, it still has that more of a pop vibe to it. So, no, I thought the lyrics were going to grind me a lot more than they are, and they're not really. I like. I think he's a lot better of a lyricist than I predicted. For and that sure. Was... Um, but yeah, I mean that song's just boring to me, and like it see- feels like just a. You said this was a single. It feels like the album that the execs were like, "All right, give give something the kids can just." Banging their heads to yeah. something that is accessible for like that's a scene from the Queen movie is uh, it? where the, uh, Mike Myers says, "I want a song that they can just bang their heads bang to." He's gonna say, "We're gonna rock you." That part of the movie was so cool because it quoted a different movie that that actor was in from yeah. thirty years ago, and those movies were both good. Which one? Is there an Austin Powers moment? No, no there's Wayne's a Wayne's World, World moment where Shut they bang him. They is talking about oh Bohemian Rhapsody God. and saying, I want a song they get headbangs. That is fucking abysmal. Yeah. Why Brian Singer got awarded an Oscar. That is terrible. <laughs> yeah. That is, that's. Yeah, that's the terrible part about Brian Singer getting an Oscar. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, the art! Yeah. Um, what he, like, fucked a bunch of kids too, right? So, uh, final thoughts. I mean. <laughs> Um, teens, teens, teen boys. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I got a couple r- random stuffs in here that you know we can cover, not cover. Um, there's uh, the middle chunk. The middle chunk here has a lot of like stuff that's I can take it or leave it. Posthuman is kind of this fun industrial dancey track that I don't. Oh, here it is. That I don't think really aged super well but i can imagine at the time was like this was like cool and fucking like matrixy this is like the song that's when when neo goes into a club this right. song should be playing yeah I, I i really this type of dancing music does really just sound like new order but angry or like yeah. u2's pop but angry like that's really yeah. my reference points but it is this fun like Manchester sound but then <laughs> oh let's just put a lot of buzz saws next to it and that's kind of yeah. what we're making um yeah but yeah i think i think it was I, I went into this with low expectations i started rolling my eyes when i first started listening to it but there's Quite a bit, few moments in this album. I think if you can get past the whole Marilyn Manson of it all, and we haven't even talked about the band, the names of everyone oh, in the yeah. band, which is like... I'm so surprised you guys didn't... You didn't know that that was a that. made-up name, Marilyn Manson. I really didn't know it then. You were like, what a lucky guy. And then really discovered how lazy of a name it was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, what are there's like... Tw- 
Twiggy Ramirez. Twiggy Ramirez. That's all like some sort of sex symbol and a serial killer. Yeah. Yes, it's Daisy Berkowitz. So yeah. what might be fun before we switch no. over <laughs> is for you guys, let's give each other our Marilyn Manson Let's give name. each other. Yeah. The, okay. okay. Uh, You're going to be... Uh, uh, Megan, as in Megan Fox. Ooh, Ooh, I, I... Megan the Ripper. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like like Kelly Ripper's daughter. <laughs> I, I, I would I for Scarson. I was gonna go. So I, actually, I'll use this one for you because okay. I guess it's not so specific. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say you are. Um, Lindsay Cleobold. Oh. <laughs> it's Lindsay Lohan. And, uh, uh and really modern D- sex reference. Dylan Cleobold. Yeah, right? yeah. From Which is weird because they were big. Yeah, technically a mass killer, not a serial killer. And, and for Sam, we're going to go yeah. with Fergie McVeigh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Named I mean, after pop artist Timothy McVeigh and mass killer Fergie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was so sad when Fergie killed all those people. Yeah. I'm so glad we forgave and her, though. said retarded in that song. Uh, <laughs> Remember in Fergalicious where she spelled out where she buried the bodies? Right. <laughs> all right. Uh, so the album you picked for me was an album I've seen on concert posters so yeah, much. I'm going to go to the bathroom or an artist. real quick. I'm sorry. Um, look, we just I'll discuss it. Uh, we're not pausing for this. As I'll be Michael. This is one of my favorite out, like top 10 albums. Absolutely. Of really? Time. Of all time? One of my top 10 or top 25. Because when you get down to 10, it gets really hard. But this is a top 50, top 25 for sure. See, it's so funny. Like, I think it's so great that we're talking about both of these things. It's one of the things that's uh, such a big theme of of both albums is uh, influence and, and uh, derision. Is that okay. the one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because the first few listens of this, I couldn't. Couldn't unhear the influences. This yeah. is the album. I mean, most of all, the, this album is so influenced by the John Lennon album, Plastic Ono Band, like the first one. The the with mother, yeah, with like mother and yeah, yeah, the good one. There's like yeah, with those five amazing hits. I think in like in like three of them, in like three different songs, I heard so much of the song "Isolation" by John Lennon. I get you. There's two lead singers. One is uh, Toby and one is Scott. And Toby sings like John Lennon on those Bee Gees songs where he goes like, well, I told you before. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. It's so... I like... Scott's the other one. I like more nasally. I like Scott more because he has a more individualized... It, does, it doesn't sound like a cover band, you know? Yeah. Uh, and... Scott... Well, which Scott's the Scott McKinnon singer? is is the the lighter singer. He's uh, the lead guitarist. Toby McLeanan is the uh, bass player, and he has the more deeper set right. voice. Connor, so I was introduced to the, this album like maybe like six years ago or something like that. Um, and I mentioned this on the last podcast. Doctor Dog isn't like my favorite band, not a top ten band for me by any means. But I've seen them live three times, completely by coincidence. They tour 
an insane amount all the time constantly i've seen them for free twice at two different beer festivals and then <laughs> i saw them um you know re- just recently in los angeles and if you get an opportunity to see them live do it they're a whole bucket of fun but connor you seem to be a bigger fan do you know like the history of this band or yes. anything like that you these can are share with us i already said the two people they all have the fun part about this band that everyone has a t nickname so the scott and uh scott and a uh, toby are tables and taxi or taxi and tables respectively. Oh, 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 oh. so everyone's like taxi tables teacher and all their bands and they've gone through many band members but everyone's gotten a nickname that starts with the letter t and it's kind of that fun has, there, has, has there been tits <laughs> oh, imagine if there's that. Uh, yum, 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 yum. But there's this. There's this. There's Sorry, this. that's not us. That's no, not our brand. That's not who we are. Yeah, no, our I brand is white supremacy. Remember? <laughs> no, no, oh. no. That's you. That's your thing. So these two guys self-recorded this album called Toothbrush, and uh, they uh, these two guys from outside Philly and in the Philly area in this cool music scene, like with Man Mahonas, and uh, they uh, gave it to uh, Jim James. And Jim James said, oh, it's me. You can try on my morning jacket now. Of and they the went on Jim tour. James Massacre. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they the went down to South the America. Uh... Um, and he took them on tour. And that's how they got their big break. And so you could, I'm sure you could easily hear the psychedelic from like the my morning jacket-y, the super easy <laughs> listening. I mean, yeah. There, the other influences I really heard is there's a specific song uh, that uh, is is so Roxy music-y. I believe, let me... Well, I I have a question before we jump in. Did you... How did I get into it? No, uh, for Sammy Boy. Sammy Boy, for, sorry, uh, Fergie McVeigh over here. Um, (laughs) It is obviously, you say, you know, you can only hear the influences, but did you like it? No, I did, and and the more I listened to it, the more, like, the influences faded away and the songs stood on their two legs. But there's some songs where I was like, oh, it's it's kind of like, um, do you remember uh, when the Strokes did, had their first album? This is it. Uh, they did last night, and they—I think they were open in saying this. Like, is, it's just—it's American Girl. Yeah, they were like, "We liked the intro to American Girl, so we did the intro to American Girl." Uh, and I think there is something cool about that, but also like when on my first listen, it was—it was a little distracting to me how much, how prevalent their influences were in their music. Um, let me actually this is a good example um of of their influence being heavily in the song there's this is the closing track on the album my friend hold on featured in jed apatow's movie funny people is it mm. when you heard it in the movie did you go oh <gasps> all right that that guitar sound is is so similar so close i can't help but hear this i'm very interested in what this is gonna be (laughs) those are drums yeah it's uh like straight up like this is jeepster by (laughs) t-rex Yes, and that's like I think there's a lot of things from this app from the album that that are this where they they had a lick and they were like, let's do T Rex or uh, 
this will take me a second to find because I don't have notes, but hold on. Um, it'll be like... That's interesting. There's another song on this that's like very... and It's in the drums and it's in the production. Uh, yeah, so the drummer on this album is no longer with the band. Not that one. I think it's this one. Yeah, this... That is this. Right, hold on. Uh, that is very fun. Uh, I heard this album in 2008 when I was in eighth grade, mm-hmm. and my friend's cool older brother showed it to me. So this is like my forma- foray into cool person my, music. My sister, younger sister, showed me this album, and I kind of went into it being like, well, this is going to fucking suck because my <laughs> sister's younger than I am, but uh, it's pretty good. <laughs> All right, uh, uh, this is the. Right. <laughs> I feel like you're reaching here. No, wait. Let's, let's listen to the intro. It's in, it's in the drums. And in the guitar, too. Wait, sorry, this song has a. Let's see how the drums come in. And it's get me down, get me down. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Lady, if you know, the drumming is very uh, li- delightfully beho- like a half beat behind in that fun kind of chill wave way. And uh, I think the dr- drummer Justin Justin Stens is no longer with the band because he didn't show up for tour one time. I think, really? I think they're their own. Uh, he slept in. No, I think they like, just did like not great relationship with the band because oh, he like yeah. just didn't show up one day. I think he's his own artist now. Go check him out. They're but um, pro- they're probably like, yeah. How how many days are we touring this year? Three hundred and sixty three. But this is their. F- uh, Here's another Roxy Music that song that's a similar. Hear that? Yeah, right. I get that. So that's that's their like homage to Roxy music. It's fun because this is a later album for theirs, and this is like kind of when they come into their own, and this is like their first real big, like what the fans would say, like is their best and like all their um, closer regards. But this is kind of that. I like how you're saying it's the con- fun confluence. Because they really did spend five albums being this really fun, weird, psychedelic, like Jamie Cullen, like super weird, uh, like a lot of the the Philadelphia bluesy, like very homegrown stuff uh, mixed with a lot of the acid rock, a lot of the psychedelic swamp Yeah, when I, before I heard this album, folks should have it on in the background or be like, check out this Dr. Dog album. Um, And I put them in the same kind of category as Of Montreal. Oh yeah, where I was yeah. like, uh, hmm. I couldn't tell the like. I was like, is this an Up Montreal album or is this a Doctor Dog album? It's so much different. And then I heard this album, and this felt like, kind of, like the songs have like movements to them and beginnings and ends and um, and I, you know, seeing them live, I don't. I'm not sure if they play a lot of the stuff from the early albums uh, anymore because they're. Their concerts are fucking like three hours long every single I, they're time. They're so much fun. They're so um, much fun. But it's mostly just like rock tunes from beginning to end. They've got a couple like slower, like ballady acoustic tunes, but for the most part, it's just like, 
we're just gonna rock for like three hours daddy-o yeah what i really like about bands that have two lead singers like anything even like the beatles i love a confluence of uh different i love different vocal stylings and also different songwriters because the toby guy does write such different songs and there's so many early albums where all he is he's on piano and he's playing like these great like there's a song called alaska that's just this jazzy little number so amazing but it's nothing like this this band and this other guy uh, the, the guitarist own like lo- you know loves weird ethereal like oh is a obviously a guy who plays much more with pedals and I love that combination I really just adore that combination so Sam fave tracks least fave tracks let's get into it uh I think we oh, I like this, this one. yeah the old days this is and there's so much Beatles in everything. There's so much Beatles, yeah, fucking love but the Beatles. like uh, this one, the, the there's the, John. Is that you, John? Uh, uh, the the what is this? Like it goes bang, bang, bang. You let the roof down, down, down. down. Oh yeah. Tree gonna fall down. That's really fun. There's a really fun energy to that. Um, see, but this... Oh, there's a really cool fucking, like, banjo break in this song. The, at the In the bridge. That's super fun. Yeah. Um, but this song... This is this is one that fell... Army of Ancients. This, hang on. Oh, hang on. Whoops. This song fucking rules. I don't, this this is one that felt life. too John Lennon-y for me. This is one where like either you're like, all right, I accept that he's. This is like that David Bowie track where it's either like I accept it and I'm just gonna enjoy it for what it is, or like I just there was no point where I couldn't hear the like John Lennon thing. Completely agree. The one thing I will state to that is these, oh this band fucking loves the Beatles. I'd say listen to a track called Oh No from theirs it's the most Beatles song but um what I will defend about that's, this that's I, I totally, John Lennon I totally got you say what I think what just comparing it to the last time we listened to and this Marilyn Manson person what I don't like about the Vox on this is exactly what I like about the Vox. I don't really like people with pretty voices. I don't really love people who could hit stuff. I like people who try. And that is a singer who is pushing to the end of their range. And that is all I care about. I like people singing at the top of the register. I like people pushing. And that Do you is, like Joe Cocker? I love Joe Cocker. Yeah, that, actually, that's like what Joe Cocker I actually, does. Yeah, Dude, I was going to say. I like it when singers can show me like, oh, I'm fucking singing right now. Watch yeah. me. That hang on always reminded me more of Joe Cocker. When I, when I first heard that, I was like, oh, this feels like a Joe Cocker song. Uh, I just, I can't, he- like, unhear that, like, and it, it's it's not just the vocals. It's the drums. It's the, the, uh, the like, chunky piano sound. It's the tempo of it, too. It starts yeah. off, and then it goes, then the tape sound comes in. It goes, and then the yeah. tape picks up, and the tempo picks up. Oh, yeah, it's... I love the production of this album. It's train themed. It's amazing. Uh, a lot of choo choos in it. I think 100 Years in a weird way is just like, hey, Jude. Like, okay. Yeah. Like, and, and there's just something about like a, a transition that they do that feels exactly like that, like, hey, Jude transition. You are super correct in all these Beatles metaphors because this is a band that I hear the Beatles in more than most sure, bands. Of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it's. It, 
I think the, the, you know, like I spend time with, you know, it's like a homework assignment to like listen to these albums. And at some point you're like, oh yeah, I'll put it on. But there, I kept on having to remind myself to listen to the album because I kept on putting on Plastic Ono Band. Oh, I did the same same thing with the Marilyn Manson album. Um, And this, I won't recommend it because you'll fucking hate it. Uh, But I kept putting on like placebo has this album called black market music. That is trash. It's a terrible <laughs> like hero industrial album, but it was important to me when I was like 13 and I had to keep putting that on. And then David Bowie tracks too. Um, so yeah, it's quite funny. Yeah. I, would you mind playing uh, my favorite song of theirs by all time is the rabbit, the bat and the reindeer. Mm-hmm. You mind playing well, that one? one yeah. well, I, I think this is one of my favorite songs See, of all time. And this is, I think, a good example of, like, the tracks, the spaces in between the references got me. The spaces, like, where they sounded like them, like, like, just, this is, oh, I could identify this as a Dr. Dog song. This doesn't make me think of the Beatles. It's just, that's, it stands on its own two legs, and, uh... That was the moments I really appreciated on the album. Yeah. I think these guys are some of my favorite songwriters of all time, just in terms of the way they don't make their songs boring. Like, we already, we've already heard the first verse of this, and we're about to go into a tempo change. We're about to go into a light breakdown, not a chorus, not a verse. We're not even doing a second verse. We're just doing something else. Yeah. And I love that. I love that so much. It's like... and. Yeah, it's it's there's also with all these like in the forefront references, there is also this uh, very Brian Wilsony feel to everything yeah, too. So but without sounding like the Beach Boys. I like Scott's voice. I don't think it's good, and that's why I love this band. This is Scott. This is Scott because yeah. I think he doesn't have a great register, but he has an amazing nasal quality, much like John Lennon. He <laughs> sounds like he's singing through his nose, and uh, there's like such fun you could get. I don't know. I hear so much more fun in a voice like that, or a voice that's not very good, or kind of a squeakier voice, than something like who's a pretty boy like Adam Levine like who's a good singer and can hit notes but I'm not impressed that you can hit notes I want to see people try oh I agree completely I for the most part do not care for singers who have like perfect like you're the Levines you're Levines give me a Who's the guy from Counting Crows? Uh, Adam Duritz. Duritz. Give me an Adam Duritz over an Adam Levine any day. Both super pretty boy singers. Out. <laughs> uh, out of curiosity, have you heard the Lemon Twigs? Yes. Uh, they have a similar yes. quality yes. of like I'm not familiar. Uh, being like Beatlesy, but like having really fun, really like uh, ADD production to them. Uh, would, would you play either the Ark or the Beach next, just in terms of the, how we can right. see the different? I was just gonna play. Oh, yeah, sorry. a little. This is the lemon twigs, these words. Uh, there's definitely a side of like, yeah, there's definitely a jammer. Like, there's definitely an Almond Brothers <laughs> coding to this. And I'll, I'll defend the Almond Brothers. 
Jessica's a great song. I appreciate the Almond Brothers, but I'm not really a big fan of Jessica. That's funny. Sing it all in your head right now. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, back to the, the, so that was throw, throw on the beach because that's my fave tune on this album. The, right, uh, it's my fave tune. I I and to go back to Connor's point, yeah, this is the song where I don't know what the singer's name is, just pushes his fucking vocals into This is actually kind of funny because I I felt like this was you know, we were talking last week about final songs on albums, and I felt like this what this felt like the closer song, and then they put one more song like they. It, my my friend feels like the victory lap. Yeah. Well, yeah, because my friend also acts as there's another two minute extra minutes tapped onto that song of a beautiful album coda, which we can listen to, and I will defend incessantly. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of white people in a bar yeah. swing. And it's funny because this is like also like, you could say this very like Paul McCartney ish. Oh, like, yeah. And when like Paul McCartney wants to do like a rock tune. And he doesn't have the Paul McCartney voice, but the way he is treating it. Yeah. Yeah, the way he like pushes. Yeah. Yeah. And then. Let's check out the arc. Oh, this is this is the one we we checked out earlier. Where yeah, this is the one I'm like, this sounds like Roxy music. Yeah, to exactly. Me. So these are the two like the other kind of darker tracks in the album that I think really give it so much flavor. And um, yeah, I don't know. Like the production is so cool. All the tape loops that go like the the speed up, like and get the song into the the actual tempo there's so much of the what you call it the blips and bloops and that album is glitter glitter it's beautifully peppered with that i really enjoy it listen to this uh listen to this voice here at that like the the first little like vocal chunk how brian he does this little brian ferry that little like shake at the end of it so brian ferry <laughs> oh, this album. Me and Michael listened to this album on a beach once. Oh, we did. <laughs> when we were really sad. Aww. Uh, Would you play From next? Uh, yeah, this is the whole goddamn thing. I taking a hold of this one guys yeah, cool. uh, again this is another John Lennon track would you skip to the bridge where it's just it kind of two thirds uh, trains when they just start saying from yeah, that part if you can find that part because that part is beautiful this part I was like, what track is this? Oh, it's from. It, something that this band, you, you don't, you see it live and stuff, but they all sing and they all Everyone is harmonize doing really well, except for the bassist who cannot sing at all. And there's like one moment in every show where they have him sing really 
poorly and it always gets a big laugh but i forget what it is oh yeah no the rhythm guitarist who act oh the rhythm guitarist no it might might be their keyboard player because the rhythm guitarist uh frank make i think the rumor is he makes up all the harmonies like they like right someone comes in with the band and this person goes like okay uh and then they start to sing the backing vox and like they do all this the rhythm guitarist i think that's such a cool oh that's funny um uh, the, you know, it's funny is, uh, I saw this special about, that reminds me of this story where, or this thing where I saw a special about the making of the bands, uh, Big Pink, uh, no, the self-titled album, okay. their, their second album. Uh, and they were talking about the way that they harmonize and they went through and they had the track and I think it was, um, uh, uh, Rick Danko in, in the studio and he was like, here, check it out here. If we like listen <laughs> If we take them all out and individually they were doing completely different things, but it, and like the thing was, it just, they just worked together. Like it was like, not really, everyone just sang how they sang and there was something that came together about it, but there wasn't really a planned, like musical plan harmony to how they approached it that's one of my favorite things that uh music can give you which is just the uh it's like like a good comedy sketch how it starts to eat itself towards the end a good song kind of eats itself towards the end and this sings on top of each other and changes a little bit and it's this great mush into the abyss i made a song once and uh i was playing with it in in garage band and one of the is one of the best songs i've ever made and one of the the coolest things about it i think is that uh at the the after the second chorus it goes into this this uh this bridge that has kind of like a like a uh how do you, like it's like 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 african vibe like like that like paul simon you know like uh the thing that he bone digger, bone digger. yeah yeah like and what it was was i was copying the drum track and i wanted to extend the drum track and i accidentally copied the drum track into the keyboard track ah. and then i listened to it and it was like this rhythmic offbeat keyboard and i was like oh that's great. <laughs> it works. And I love that about music is sometimes accidents work and sometimes like songs are created and they, they just kind of live in that way. Yeah, I we I brought him up earlier. But yeah, like Eno's cards, I, he seems like a weird guy. But I yeah. love that stuff of like when you hear those great stories about like being pushed out of your element. And I don't know, like we all like, like to write stuff. I think that's when I do my best stuff is when you're given this task as like, hey, you you could do this or you could, or try to run up this hill. It's like, oh, it's fucking hard. All right. <laughs> right. You got 15 minutes. Make something happen. There you go. Uh, cool. Uh, so next week or next episode. Sure. So this week you gave us Mechanical Animals by Marilyn Manson. Yeah. Um, I know you've listened to Daughters before, correct? Uh the band the band daughters uh or the song by, by john mayer oh there's a john mayer song too. Oh, there's a really oh. smarmy da- john mayer song called daughters oh oh fa- oh it's at every wedding they Mothers play that yeah be good to your daughter. or fathers be good to your daughters you gotta do it i think it's mothers no it's fathers Girls it's fathers becoming lovers turn into mothers you gotta open your mouth more connor you gotta open your mouth more when you sing it <laughs> uh, so there's a <laughs> there's a 
band Daughters, Daughters. Uh, that came out uh, in like the mid 2000s um, around the no, same time. I don't think. That I've listened book. to Children, which is a metal band that came out. So Daughters was a grindcore band that like was with, they toured with The Locust a lot. I know you listen okay, to The Locust. Yeah. Um, and their first album was just like uh, 15 tracks, 11 minutes long. Just like, <laughs> but just this last year, they came out with an album called You Won't Get What You Want that is the darkest like industrial metal it's like <laughs> it's like an hour of just like despair and so um in terms of like taking some of those elements of what Marilyn Manson had with the industrial music and like being metal and vocally kind of similar to uh check this album out it's literally just like listening to like a building crumble for an hour. It's, it's disgusting um oh, i'm excited it's, it's really good uh and a complete not a complete departure from like if you i mean listen you to see, their first it's album it's fun because you're you we're, we're we've got this great like you know like i've oh i get to look forward to this and we're advertising the next pot everyone's like yeah i want to hear these guys talking about <laughs> listening to a building crumble for an hour it's good it was it was on a bunch of top 10 lists last year uh and also while you're at it listen to their first album because it's like eight minutes long uh Canada songs by the daughters, just so you can get kind of an idea of where they came from. All right. Uh, so I'm going to, I accidentally started that song, but I'm just going to let it play. Uh, this is the first song on the Dr. Dog album. Um, I'm going to give you a choice. Ooh. 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 So uh, in the Dr. Dog album, uh, the obvious choice would have been. Um, Plastic Ono band, John Lennon. But uh, there's the two other bands that I was like, oh, th these tracks were directly taken from these bands. And uh, I'm not sure if you've listened to either. Uh, one being uh, T-Rex and the other being uh, Roxy Music. I have not listened to either of those nice bands. Man. Brian Eno's Roxy Music. Oh, uh, that's crazy because I'm a I'm a huge Brian Eno fan. Well, Roxy Music, uh, it's mainly Brian Ferry's it's band. Brian Ferry's band. He but was there for a little bit. Brian Eno, and there's like really the the self-titled Roxy Music album mm -hmm. was like a Brian big Brian Eno Brian Ferry collaboration. And let's that was my gut reaction. And then today I was listening to T Rex, and I was like, T Rex is so good. Maybe we'll do that. But you know what? I'm gonna go with my gut, and I'm gonna say. Do Roxy Music, Roxy Music. It's uh, uh, just it's like no other, really. It's yeah. it's fun. It's got saxophones. It Radiohead was heavily influenced by them. Uh, yeah, yeah let's it's, do it's it. a great time. There's a track that's a dedicate that's a, about his obsession with uh, Humphrey Bogart. That's really a wonderful track. Yeah, let's check it. I I love Brian Eno's ambient stuff i'm just now getting into some of his like vocal shit like listening to another small world oh, yeah. the album i yeah. think which is great not that little green one well oh wait what is it no what? no you were right the green one the green one is the uh, the not what's, one. what's the one with I big ship on it i think that's another small world uh well i guess i'll give my album recommendations okay. too i guess sure uh, 
All right, I'll actually think. I really, the Marilyn Manson one, really, I think I said it earlier, but I really, it sounds odd, but like Sam was saying, it's, you kind of stretch with your what you hear. I only heard New Order's first album. Not only, but I really heard a lot of New Order's first album. And I say with the Dr. Dog one, I hear so much of the Flaming Lips sometimes. So I'd give like a soft bullet in. That uh. You could do that one, or yeah, the first New Order album. Those you know, would be my two. When I was uh, in college, we used to do Zurico all the time, which is with the four uh, tapes, which is was four CDs, and you would. And nowadays, it's a lot easier to do. People have phones, people. But back then, you had to get like it was like such a dorm room thing because people had everyone had their boombox, and so you'd get four boomboxes in a room and get everyone around and be like, all right. Ready, set, one, two, three, go, and play it. And it's a, uh, it was an album on four out, uh, four discs, and uh, different, oh. different discs played different parts of the album. What? Who is this by? The Flaming Lips. Oh. It's such uh. an art project. Uh, we, Connor yeah, and I were talking about. I've got, and maybe we can. You don't dig love into indie this. rock. <laughs> I don't love like straight indie rock. I love broken social scene, which I think is a. I would yeah, love. Yeah, that's to, a little more moody. <laughs> I'd love to go into one of their albums. I want to introduce you, Sammy, to uh, their You Forgotten People album one of these days. Okay. I'm going to figure out a way to make that work. All right. I think that's like indie sad. Yeah, that album's so fucking good. You guys use it in your show. I like that. You guys use it as an interstitial for... I love love that. um, For uh, Connor's on a sketch comedy team (laughs) called Squish. Yes, great plug. So should, with... The last seven minutes we've got here. Should we play a new song and give our first impression? Oh, sure. Like we did last sure. time. Sure. Uh, well, we we tried to do, but then the tr- the podcast ended. Tape cut out. <laughs> the tape um, cut out. We ran out of tape. <laughs> there's a. Uh, I don't know. Why don't we want a little hip hop? We want a little little bit of something. The Faint has a new out, new oh, song. The fa- out. All right, yeah. Let's listen to The, the Faint. Faint. It's funny. I was watching. Um, I think it was Never Been Kissed. It was some 90s movie that had uh, The Faint in it. Because, like, the uh, Worked Up Worked So Sex. Great song. Yeah. Uh, and that was uh, a big album for me in college. I thought that was a really cool well, album. What was that? Blank Wave Arcade? Yeah, yeah. That was a good album. I think their album after that is pretty good, too. And then after that, you're just like, all right, yeah. guys, come on. Stop leaning in. There's, not everything has to be about penises. Yeah. Um, it was a very sexual time in music. It was like right when the the whole electro clash thing hit, and that was like a a big thing in Brooklyn at the time that I experienced, where people would go to go to clubs wearing duct tape and trash bags, <laughs> and you'd be like, "Oh, that's weird, cool." Uh, and it was back when uh, trucker hats weren't broy. It was like before they got broy, before Van Dutchy came along. Ooh. Trucker hats were like cool. And uh, bands like Fisher Spooner were big. Uh, junior Senior. And, uh, All right. Everyone just wanted to dance and do cocaine. Hey, yo. Uh, All right. It's called, so times. you can pull it up. It's called Quench the Flame. Quench? So it sounds like they're still talking about sex. <laughs> uh, All right. Cool. This is. The Faint, dance punk band, uh, signed to Saddle Creek for many years, but I think uh, I have their own imprint now. Ooh, this is like 94 tech, 96 tech now. How does it feel? Yeah. Or 
you walk into the club with dancing line. It's something about this. Yeah, sounds, this, is, this is sprockets. This sounds kind of like a faint side project called the Depressed Buttons, which is more like EDM house for huh, yeah. Depressed. I get it. Wow, that's great. Chemical Brothers are playing soon. Great live. Very good. Really? You seen Chemical Brothers live? Oh, yeah. I think they're playing. They're play- I would go see Chemical it Brothers. Chemical Brothers? Yeah, let's go to a Chemical <laughs> Brothers show. <laughs> I, I have listened to them since the, their first album, Exit Planet Dust. I, I've i recently gotten into dance music, but I had to start really early, so I'm still in like 86 or very early in. But I like what I'm hearing. Um, yeah, I remember when techno got big in the 90s. <laughs> and I went and saw Orbital. <laughs> this is a, I like this. This isn't bugging me that much. I like it. Is very new order. It's like, super new order. I, I like the vocals, actually. I like this better than a lot of the work they've put out more. Because it's strangely, I don't know how to say it. It's less dynamic than some of their other shit, and like mood shifty and stuff. And yeah. It's like in your face and more like new, uh, new order is the theme of today, apparently. Yeah. It's it is like straight up Blue Monday. Yeah. Wait, what's this part? Is this the part where they get all crazy with it? No. Man, it is hard to make a drum machine sound like your own, though. It's like, well, because it's all the aim and loop. Yeah. Like, like a lot of them just like a lot of times the uh, the drum tracks are the aim and loop, uh, which is a popular like right. it was a uh-huh. drum loop that. Yeah. And so a lot of times these techno songs are the aim and loop, or like the uh, reconstruction of the aim and loop, or like the aim and loop with like effects on it, That's or funny. like, and you 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 hear it in like three different time signature, signatures often, too, where it's it's like uh, when you hear it slowed down, it's there's certain tracks that are like, oh yeah, it's that that loop. Uh, the entire genre of breakbeat is just. Yeah, the, that loop a million times over. Okay. If you, uh, what's an interesting v- YouTube video to look up is like the like five most popular drum loops, loops. drum break loops, and like it makes making music so easy. <laughs> if you like are like, oh, I'll sample one of the popular loops, and it's like, oh, this is like this loop is just how they wrote that song bust a move like <laughs> it's like just that one loop uh yeah music's easy guys music, music is, is easy. easy it's a bunch of frauds charlatans but not the band the show. Today. Cool. <laughs> well, all right. I think that's it for. Uh, hey, I hate your music. I hate your music. Thanks, Connor. <laughs> thank you, Connor. Guys, this is a blast. Thank you so yeah. much for having me. Yeah. yeah thank you. Uh, we'll episode two. Episode two in the books. We'll see you guys in a week. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on. Instagram probably. Connor, is there anything you'd like to plug? Uh, sure. Uh, d- uh, follow me on Instagram at Connor Hurley Fun. <laughs> All right. All right. Cool. Bye. Bye. Bye.